three, two. Welcome to another episode of the Low Expectations Podcast. I'm your host, Ty, back after about a 10-day break on the Low Expectations Podcast. Back with another guest, frequent guest at this point for sure, I'd say, but it's been a little bit since we've talked to our, our boy, our friend, Carson. Carson, how's it doing? Oh, it's going good, Ty. Thanks for having me on. Excited to uh, record another podcast with you. Yeah, man. I think uh, last time I had you on, it was right before the start of the NFL playoffs or something like mm-hmm. that. So we talked a little start of the season NBA because obviously started later this year and then some football. We haven't really had a deep dive NBA conversation in a minute. This should be this should be fun. Uh, I'm pretty excited for this. Oh, yeah, man. The NBA season's been fun. Uh, you know, the Jazz have been good, which has been fun. Uh, a lot of teams, you know, uh, it's pretty wide open this season, so it's it's been fun kind of just tracking everything. So, yeah, it's great, man. But today we're coming on because I think we got to talk MVP at least um, to start off, and we each have come up with our fair share of ten lists, um, our respected lists, and we're gonna unveil them and just go ten to one NBA MVPs because you mentioned the wide openness of the season. It's so true. It even goes down to the to the awards you know like i mean i think rudy i mean i know the simmons stuff uh is kind of loud but i think rudy kind of has that award on lock at the end mm-hmm. of the day um like i think people are gonna have trouble not voting for him at the end of the day um but like the mvp anyway is completely wide open i mean this oh, is yeah. the most open it's been in years at least at this point in time where there's a clear favorite or someone starting to separate themselves. I'm not even really sure we have that yet. Um, It's, it's, it's real, it's wide open. There's still time left. There's still games to be played to where this can all change. Um, So we came together with, with each, each 10 lists. Are are you ready to go? I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah. I've been uh, putting this together for the last like 48 hours and really kind of, kind of, you know, swapping back and forth on a couple of these, but I've got it pretty much fine-tuned i think I, I feel good about this list yeah that's that's good to hear that that really is so i mean um obviously just you know you being the guest i i gotta give the first first pick to you or right. go or a 10 do you want to go backwards to forwards or do you or yeah, yeah let's go backwards to forwards. sounds so good yeah so you unveil 10 and then i'll i'll give out my 10th okay so i'm gonna kind of start off start off all hot and ready already so um, I'm going to have an honorable mention that I'm going to go 10. So my honorable mention is, and I'm going to get a lot of flack from, I'm sure I'm sure I'm going to get a little backlash, but I have as an honorable ma- mention, not in my top 10, but I just have to mention anyway, is LeBron James. I don't have him in my top 10 because he's, uh, he's only played in 78.8% of the season. Um, he's missed 21.2% of the season. Um, he even if he plays the every single game for the remainder of the season, which doesn't seem likely, he's going to be probably out for at least two or three more games, two or three more weeks. I would expect with his injury. But even if he did play the rest of the season, he's only going to be at eighty four point seven percent of the games played for the season, which is incredibly low. Um, the only time someone's won the MVP and played less than eighty six percent of the games in the season was once in the entire history of the NBA, as far back as basketball reference will go. And it goes clear back to the 55-56 season. It's only happened one time playing less than 86% of the season. So I, I don't have LeBron in my top 10 because of the lack of games. You know, he's already missed 11 games. He'll probably miss at least another four or five. Um, 
And yeah, I, I just I just have a hard time putting someone in serious consideration for MVP, um, missing you know 20, 15 to twenty percent of the season. Um, so I'm I had to mention LeBron. He's had a great year. Um, you know, twenty five, eight and eight. Um, and another, another little bit of a knock, and it's not really necessarily a knock on LeBron himself, just a knock on uh, just kind of what MVP voters consider, and myself too, is Lakers are currently seventh in the entire NBA. And I know they were third, fourth, whatever they were with LeBron, but they've really dropped back. So, you know, him missing 15 to 20% of the season and being, you know, below that sixth seed in the NBA, I, I just had a hard time seriously considering for top 10 even though i don't i don't think it's crazy if you have top 10 but just with them missing so many games and they're do you want to guess where i had him in my 10 just quickly because i have number 10 i actually so i guess i was kind of just looking at uh i don't i had him six somehow Uh, but i I honestly think that's fair you know a lot of people like still on the bot i think he's the he's plus 1400 so i guess he's like the the fifth or sixth favorite on there so uh but I, I, I think six is fair. I personally, just with, you know, him missing 15, 20% of the season, I had to, I had to just exclude him from the top 10. So that was kind of my, my reasoning there. But right. I'm going to jump. just kind of hit LeBron now since I yeah. unveiled him. Because, like, I, I have a – I kind of – like, I, is this going to be another year where we hear how how has LeBron still not won another yeah. MVP when he doesn't deserve to win the MVP? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, this is just what it is in the regular season at this point. But, yeah, LeBron's great. Like, he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Top yeah. two, top three, no doubt about it. But as far as this year, which is what we're going off of, yeah, yeah. he's sliding – for sure in the race like I I put him there I think just because of I mean it's just LeBron you know like I mean you look at his numbers and he's just walking 20 I mean he's walking 25 8 and 8 shooting exactly percentages controlling the whole game dominant on every level if he's gonna Mm -hmm. be there in the end we all know that but in terms of regular season MVP I don't really think you're wrong at all to have him because I have him I like if we did this maybe again in a week, I might have had him out of the top ten. Honestly, it's it's really I mean because there's a lot of deserving guys that we're you know we're about to it really get is. To. and um, I just think yeah I think that's a fair take. Like I, I you know if he would have been healthy, yeah he's for sure top five MVP candidate every year. But Agreed. you know is what it is. I, I agree with you. Sweet, sweet, good to hear. So my number ten, I actually have um, Chris Paul. Um, and I, I'm sure a lot of people have Chris Paul outside the top 10. But, you know, what he's done with Phoenix, taking him from a non-playoff team to the second team in the West to, you know, the third team in the entire NBA um, can't be underestimated. You know, we had one of the games of the season, the Jazz versus the Suns, went to overtime. Jazz played like crap. They should have won that game. But, uh, you know, Chris Paul really, really played well, and he shows up. He shows up in the regular season when it matters. So, you know, he's 16, 5, and 9 on pretty good uh, – uh, shooting percentages, um, third seed in the entire NBA. Um, and so I, I just had to, you know, kind of include him in here. So I, I have him at number 10. Um, what he's done with Phoenix has really been impressive. And, you know, playing 99% of his games, I think he's only missed one game. Yeah, he, I, I'm pretty sure he's only missed one game. So playing the majority of the season, you know, putting up really good, really decent stats, not the best by any means. And then taking the Phoenix Suns from, you know, the, the ninth, 10th seed, or I don't even think they were top 10. So I don't think they were in the, so they might've they been like 10 or 11 last year to the second team in the West um, has been impressive. So I got Chris Paul at number 10. Yeah. I, I like that pick. Uh, he didn't crack my top 10. He was a guy I had in, in kind of this other category of consideration, kind of what you were saying at first. Um, 
you know, love Chris Paul, you know, the player. Going against him, it's it's annoying. I mean, you see it even <laughs> still, you know, some of his antics. But he's a great, great mm-hmm. player, and he's he's shown it again. So my 10's kind of a throwaway, but he's a guy that he's my favorite player to watch in the whole league. He's kind of having, uh, you know, a throwback vintage season. His team is horrible. Uh, so 10th, I had his Steph. Um, That's fair. Look, I, I, you know, he's not going to come close to winning the award, and nor should he. But I really don't think that's, you know, his own to any of his own fault. He's got 29, 6, and 5 on just ridiculous shooting percentages. Team won't win enough for sure. And, but I just think we, I, I, I got to mention my guy real fast just because he, I mean, he's having a, a throwback year where at, at the first of the year, there was a lot of talk of, oh, Steph's washed and like Steph is this, that's Steph is that. Like, but like, no, this is one of the best players in basketball. And, if this team could ever get healthy again, I really do think they'd be right back to the top of the conference. But oh, yeah. just mentioning Steph quickly, 10. Yeah, no, I, I love that Steph pick there. I exclude him from uh, my top 10, not because of what anything he's done, just his team being 17th in the NBA. Um, it, it's it's tough for me to get there, but, you know, he's, he's putting up almost identical numbers. Or I, I guess like he's putting up similar numbers to his unanimous MVP season. Really the only main difference is, you know, his team's not doing as well. And so I, I like him there at, at 10, you know, he's put up nearly 30 points, you know, five and a half rebounds, six assists, uh, 44% from three. It's just ridiculous. You know, his team's just 17th in the NBA. So uh, I think 10th, you know, right outside top 10 is extremely fair. Um, yeah. And so I'm going to go ahead and jump in on my number nine guy here. All right. So I actually, you know, it, this, this top 10 list was tough for me. My number nine guy I had was uh, Rudy Gobert. Um, okay. you know, the Jazz, number one seed in the NBA. Um, they're, they're looking really good against race season. They had a big win against Portland. And, you know, they had a, a barely a loss against Phoenix in that overtime game uh, in Phoenix. And it really could have went either either way. But they, they've done well this season, number one seed. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I see Rudy Gobert as the best um, player on the Jazz. And I know there's been a lot of, like, arguments between Donovan Gobert, Donovan Gobert, and even I occasionally flip-flop. But right now, at this moment, I think Rudy Gobert is the best player on the Jazz, the number one seed in the NBA. And um, I tweeted out something last night that the only time in, like, the last, like, 20, 30 years that, you know, a player on the number one seed hasn't been top seven MVP voting was one time, and they finished, like, 11th and 12th. So, you know, I think – I think someone on the Jazz, if not both of the top players on the Jazz, should get some MVP consideration. So I got Rudy Gobert, number 10. You know, he's second in the NBA in blocks. He's second in the NBA in rebounds. Um, you know, put up nearly 15 points. Um, and, you know, he showed up to every single game. Hasn't missed a single game, 52 out of 52. That's that's huge. So, you know, I, I kind of put a lot of emphasis on, you know, games played and the team seeding on this MVP list. And, um, and that's mainly because, you know, a lot of MVP voters, you know, kind of look at that. You know, there's only been one player out of the last like 30, 40 years that's, you know, finished yeah. outside the top four, uh, seating wise, and one MVP. And that was obviously Russell Westbrook in 16, 17. And there's only been one player in like the last 60, 70 years that hasn't played at least 86% of the season. So, you know, I put a lot of value into that. So, Gobert playing 9% of the games on the Jazz this season, putting up solid numbers. Um, the advanced numbers love Rudy, like always, and them being the number one seed in the NBA. I had to have Rudy in their top 10. So I have Rudy Gobert at number nine. 
Okay, so I had uh, – I'll just go two in a row here because I actually had Rudy eighth. Um, so I had Kawhi ninth, and then I had Rudy eighth. I, I like the pick with Rudy. I totally agree of who's the best player on the Jazz with you. Um, I, I mean, they're different players, you know, for sure. We could get into all that. But in my eyes, I think Gobert is the best player on the Jazz. Um, and I, I'm glad you brought up that about kind of the top seed and like how they always have a guy in the MVP race. Because I, I really think the MVP in the NBA and NFL too, even, it's, it's obviously a narrative award, but it's also who's mm-hmm. defining the season. You know, that's a lot of the guys that get the buzz. And I, I don't even, I mean, the Jazz are absolutely defining this NBA season. They have the best record in basketball. They've been, you know, they've been the best team in the league pretty much from, they had that four and four start, but since then till now, they've been the best team in the league. So um, I, I think Gobert fits that category in terms of defining the season. And look, man, I mean, people always want to talk about what Gobert can't do and all that. I still think is overblown. The playoff stuff. Mm-hmm. I will die on this hill. It is overblown. Like I, it, it's 100%. just not, it's not true. It, it, he can stay on the floor in the playoffs just fine. <laughs> like, it's that's just not a – I mean, yeah, it's James Harden, the one series. It went kind of bad, but that's, that's James Harden against everyone, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, I, you, you hit it. And I, I, a key statistic to me with Rudy is that he's been as dominant as anyone recently. I mean, he, he became the first player in the NBA to crack plus 500, plus 500 in the plus – plus minus barrier like that's insane that's a hundred above the next closest which is which is by the way which is uh mike conley um <laughs> and then Giannis is third at plus 342 but rudy when he's on the floor the jazz are dominant they're dominant and i, I just think totally totally he deserves more really you know like it, i mm-hmm. i hate to go jazz homer early on in this pod but also i know if rudy gobert played for a different team he'd be higher up in the mvp category and i, I don't even know if that's really debatable um, but Kawhi, I'll, I'll, I'll hit on Kawhi. I mean, look, he's been ridiculous this year. I, I don't think people really realize that Kawhi's at 26, six and five on 50% from the field. I know the Cole Kawhi thing is, is what it is. He's not going to show, he's not going to play a lot of the times. Um, but the Clippers are likely going to be a top three seed in the West. And Kawhi has been, I think, good enough to be, at least be mentioned the playoff flame out last year. Look, that's always going to be hanging over the Clippers head until they, prove otherwise that's just a stain that's kind of permanent until you go do something about it um they haven't yet but we are also a year just a year removed from a lot of people that are smart about basketball saying Kawhi Leonard is the best player in basketball and I still think he's closer to the best player in basketball than the 10th best player in basketball he's still one of the best players when he needs to be I'm just going to mention Kawhi real quick yeah, and I actually uh, just had those two flip flops. So I, you had uh, Kawhi nine, Rudy eight. Wow, I look had, at that! <laughs> I had Rudy nine, Kawhi eight, and I am one hundred percent good either way there. Um, like you said, Kawhi twenty six six five, pretty good shooting percentages. Uh, fourth best team in the entire NBA seeding wise. Um, has missed nine games. Eighty, he's played eighty three percent of the season, which is a slight knock, but. You know, he's been pretty good and has played most of the season, you know. Um, 83% isn't horrible for Kawhi um, with his injury history. And so I am 100% good flip-flop and go bear Kawhi right there. Um, I have Kawhi, eight, yeah, like you said, 26-6-5, and five, fourth best team in the NBA, played the vast majority of the season, good shooting percentages. 
And like you said, yeah, I, I he's he's right there, top five, top six. And you can make an argument for three, four, five, six, you know, any any order really. Uh Kawhi is great. Um yeah, I, I've got him at number eight. So just just flip flop, basically the same right there. That's crazy. Yes. So our brains are thinking this uh pretty close to the same so far. Um seventh. Man, it, it doesn't get much easier, does it? Uh, who did you have for seventh? So at seven, this is this is another probably a little bit of controversial take, probably. But I actually have Devin Booker here at seven. You know, on the Phoenix Suns, second seed in the West. Um, he's played pretty good. Uh, third seed, seed in the entire NBA, um, and he's putting up twenty six, four, five, twenty six points, four point one rebounds, four point five. Uh, assists on you know 50% shooting 36 from the three 86 from the free throw line um, and has played in almost as in like 47 out of 51 games so you know high seeding played the vast majority of the games 93 92% up to this point of games played and putting up 26 four and five on good shooting percentages so I have Devin Booker here like I mentioned at the start you know I'm really rewarding players that have played the majority of the games and you know team seeding wise and so you know the Phoenix Suns being 13 the entire NBA him playing 92 percent of the season up to this point and putting up you know good good numbers 26 points four and a half uh yeah 26 points 4.1 rebounds 4.5 assists um that's good enough for me to have him in at number seven so he didn't he didn't quite make my list uh i didn't have any sons on here that's spoiler uh maybe i was still salty about the loss the other day but <laughs> uh booker's been great man like I, he's been great like I, there's a lot of people you can't go wrong with i think he, mm-hmm. he he's been good enough to be mentioned so my seventh pick was another young star uh i have luka Doncic here um Look, Luca was everyone's pick heading into the season, but the kind of the slow starts doomed him. And also, as you mentioned, and I think it's it's such a good point. So I think I'm just going to keep going back to it. It's like this MVP, you are in the top four. <laughs> With mm-hmm. you know this league, if you are not in the top four, you're not going to win the MVP unless you're Russell Westbrook, and everyone feels bad because Kevin Durant left. Then you'll get it. <laughs> but other than that, you're not going to get the award. And uh, Luca, they're sitting at the seventh seed right now. Soul Star made it so he'd have just too much ground to make up in my mind, but Luca's been I mean, he's getting back to what to what he was doing in the playoffs lately. Uh they had that weird loss to Houston, but Dallas has actually been playing pretty decent lately. Um and I think if I think this is this is kind of like not that anybody needs to know this, but just that like this this kid is coming in the playoffs. Like this Dallas is not a team that would be that fun to face. Um, because he's still, I think, on a path to become just one of the best players of all time, really. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like that, Luke. I actually have him. He, he's been incredible. Uh, statistically, you know, tw- almost 29 points a game, eight rebounds, nearly nine assists, um, one steal a game, you know. Just his biggest knock is his team's the 10th seed in the NBA, which, like you hit on, uh, unless you're a top four seed, you'll, you'll very, very rarely – win MVP, um, but statistically and individually, Luke has been great. Um, he's, if you add up points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, he's third um, out of all the possible MVP candidates, really. Um, and so I like him. His, his, his team's just not good enough for him to win MVP unless, you know, they win the next, win out, basically. They'd have to win the next 20 straight for him to even really be in the, the conversation there. So, um, 
I like that Luka Doncic. I actually have him a couple spots higher. I'll, I'll hit on him here in a second. Um, there we go. Luka yeah, life. I, I like Luka. I'm a fan. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in my number six pick for MVP. Um, and mine six and, is LeBron. So you could probably just go straight into five if you want. Six okay. and five. Okay. So my number six is uh, Donovan Mitchell, actually. You know, he's been incredible this season for the Jazz. And I, I know I mentioned earlier, in my opinion, Rudy Gobert is the better player on the Jazz than Donovan Mitchell. But statistically and for MVP arguments, I think Donovan Mitchell actually might have the better MVP um, case because, you know, he's averaging. I'd like to get into that. Yeah. He's averaging 26 points a game, four and a half rebounds, 5.3 assists, a steal. Uh, 0.3 blocks, you know, decent to good shooting percentages, nearly 39% from three, 44% from the field, 84% from the free throw line. And he's the number, he's on the number one seed in the NBA. And I tweeted out something last night in the last like 21 seasons. Every single time there's been a player finish the season with 26 points a game on the one seed in the NBA, they've won the MVP except one time in 2005 when uh, Mari Stoudemire did it. And that was the season his teammate, Steve Nash, actually won MVP. And Stoudemire won, finished ninth in MVP. But, yeah, every single time the number one seed had a player to average 26 points a game, he won MVP, except that one time in the last 21 seasons. So, you know, what what uh, what Donovan Mitchell has been doing this season on the Jazz, it's been incredible. It's been historically He's historically great, and I actually could swap five, six very interchangeably here. I'll touch on my number five guy here in a second, but yeah, twenty. He's averaging twenty six points a game. Um, you know, he he he's been dominant. He's been really really good in the clutch um, for the Jazz. You know, he's been kind of their go to guy there at the end. Um, twenty six points, four and a half rebounds, five point three assists, good shooting percentages. Um, yeah, it's just been crazy what he's done, and he, he deserves more MVP love than I think he's been getting nationally. So I have him here at six. And I could see him, you know, I could see the argument for four or five. I could see him argument for top five, in my opinion. Um, so, I, yeah, Donovan Mitchell in there at six. Um, do you want to touch on kind of the Donovan Mitchell thing before I move on to five, or do you want to jump into five real quick? Um, actually, yeah, go to five. Okay, so number five, I just have Luka Doncic. We kind of already basically hit on him. So, you know, incre- incredibly good statistically. Like, uh, if his team was the, you know, a top three seed in the West, he I think he'd win MVP pretty much unanimously, in my opinion. But the fact that his team is has slid down so far, I guess he would, he'd be a top two or three um, MVP finalist if his team was just a little bit better. But his team being 10 to the NBA has really kind of knocked him. Individually, statistically, though, he's been incredible. Um, and, yeah, so I, I, we've kind of already hit on Luka Doncic. So that's just kind of my thing. Donovan Mitchell in at six for MVP. Luka Doncic in at number five for me on MVP. Nice. I, I like that. I like uh, the Donovan love. Always going to love it. Love Don. Uh, I actually didn't have him in my list. So that's like you're, you have him higher than me. Um, love Donovan. No disrespect at all. Um at the end of the game, we know where the ball is going. I, I just – Donovan kind of had a weird start to the season too. Like, that that's kind of the thing with him. I mean, he's been insane lately. Like, this is some of the best ball I've really seen him play. Um, like, he's just been great. Like, I saw uh, a comp today on Twitter of Lillard when Lillard was his age and 
mm-hmm. and the numbers are I I have them. They're pretty they're pretty similar. So you have Donovan at twenty six a game, Lillard at twenty five, Lillard at six point eight assists, Donovan at five point three, both sitting at about four rebounds, both about eighty five and eighty nine from the line respectively. And then from three is the interesting thing. Donovan actually shot better from is shooting better from three. Donovan shooting thirty eight percent from three, where Dame shot thirty seven percent from three. I mean that. Like and just kind of the transition that Jazz fans have talked about before, and Donovan maybe possibly becoming a point guard, and I mean he already, I mean he handles the ball a ton as is, and mm-hmm. um, but that just being his natural position, I, I mean like that as a comp, I think is about as good as you're gonna get, uh, player per player at least numbers being so comparable. Like I just think the future is so bright for him, so I don't want to like come off as a hater at all because I really don't like I think. My next guy is actually Damian Lillard, who's that's who I have on high five, weirdly enough, to to go into Dame and and, and I so I clearly I love Donovan, but to me I, I I will I just I just really do think Rudy Gobert is the most valuable player on the Jazz. I I, I, agree. I don't know what this team would be without him. Um, me and my friend were saying he was talking to me about this the other day, and he was saying that he thinks they'd actually be a lottery team. I'm not sure I'd go that far. This is still a team with multiple creators on the outside, like Derek Favors as a backup center is pretty good. Like I don't, I wouldn't go that far, even as good as the West is, but I think they would definitely not be the one seed. No. <laughs> um, and like, the, I just think, I think he is. And it, and, but that, what you brought up the, the 26 a game or 25 a game on the one seed. Mm-hmm. Um, be, I, that's such, that's, you might've won me over on that one. That, that really made me question my case for a little bit. Uh, it's <laughs> because that's, that's hard to argue. I mean, it's just because I, mean, I, I this award is winning, and if you're if you're producing on that winning team, and you're kind of the narrative that I really think those are the three biggest things that people put into the award, and and Donovan's kind of checking all three, except I, the media hates us. Yeah, no, you're one hundred percent right. I think I think you know Jazz. Uh, a lot of Jazz fans kind of get known as being homers, they're biased or whatever. But I th- honestly think we might be underrating some of our players on our team in general, just because the national media and, you know, every, the 29 other fan bases tell us, we hear every single day, day in, day out. Oh, Rudy Gobert sucks. Donovan Mitchell's uh chucker, you know, jazz right. aren't that good, you know? And I actually think if you take a step back and realize, you know, statistically Donovan's, you know, just as good, if not better than Kawhi Leonard, but he's played 10% of the season more and is three seats higher than Kawhi, you know, Donovan's averaging more points than Kawhi. He's averaging, Slightly less rebounds, but he's averaging more assists than Kawhi. You know, he's right there in steals, efficiency, uh, right there, you know, within, you know, half a percent in three-point shooting. Um, Kawhi's gotten a little bit in field goal percentage, probably because he shoots a lot more at the rim. Um, but, you know, looking at statistically, you know, you could go back and forth between Kawhi and Don, and Don's played 10% more of the season. He's three seats higher. And then numbers-wise, points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, they're all right there, very, very close. Um, and so – I, 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 I like Donovan's MVP case. Um, I, I, I like him. I, I felt good at putting him there at six. You know, you just look statistically across the board and he does not stick out. Um, if, if you line up all seven players, you know, he doesn't really stick out um, in particular. And so I, I, I like Don. I fully agree that Rudy Gobert is the MVP of this team. But I think for – you know, an actual MVP consideration, I think Donovan's got a little bit of a better case, but just slightly. And so I, I definitely agree. And uh, to kind of go back to you, Damian, you had Damian Lillard at four or five, you said? Yeah, I had Damian at five. 
five. Yeah, I actually had Damian Lillard. I'm just going to go ahead and kind of jump into number four, and then we can backtrack on Donovan if we need to. I had Damian Lillard at number four. Um, his biggest knock is just his team seeding, you know. Uh, his right. team seeding number nine in the entire NBA. But he's been lights out, 29 points a game, four rebounds, nearly eight assists. Um, keep picking up about a steal game. And then, you know, 44% from the field, 37, almost 38 from three-point line, 93%. Um, from the free throw line, he's played in, you know, 49 of his team's 51 games, only missed two games, 96% of the season. Um, he's been incredible. Uh, he, he would be right there in MVP consideration, one, two, if his team was just doing a little bit better. But, yeah, with his team being nine in the NBA, even what he's doing statistically, if you're not a top three or four seed, in my opinion, it's really, really tough. Uh, to be in that legitimate, legitimate MVP consideration, unless you're having an incredible lights out, historically great, um, you know, statistically outlier season, which he's had a really, really good one, but I wouldn't say it's been historically great by any means. So I had Dame at four. Donovan's been great. Luke has been great. And honestly, four, five, six, you could almost – well. I feel I feel good about having Dame ahead of Luke and Don. I think both Luke or Don, in my opinion, you could swap back and forth. But yeah, Dame at four, Luke at five, Donovan at six. Yeah, I think that's all fair. Uh, the Dame stuff, I, I mean, we are in um, pretty much lockstep. I have him one step behind at five. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to be mentioned in the race. He's been incredible this year, uh, and his team's good enough to where I think Dame is actually a sleeper in this race. I know the Jazz crushed him last night but dame's a sleeper in this way i think it's he could he could i mean we've seen dame we saw him in the bubble last year we've seen it in different stretches throughout his career where all of a sudden damian lillard is averaging like 37 points for like 10 games or something like that um whatever the numbers are just like this absurd run where he's hitting all these clutch shots and all these big moments um, I, re- I mean, I just think he could maybe make some noise if they got hot, um, not win the award, but maybe, I mean, you know, if Joel keeps missing, you know, Joel, like the top three is really hit or miss, you know, even then, you know, it's like a lot of you, you can pull holes through some of these guys' cases. Like if Dame was to get hot, I mean, I just could see him kind of shooting up lists, especially if he continues his late game heroics, which I mean, Dame in the clutch this year, <laughs> dude, like this guy cannot miss a big shot, like mm-hmm. 60% from the field, 50% from three in clutch situations, which is, I guess, in between, uh, I think, uh, a possession or two in the last two minutes of the game. Like he's just on a different planet in the clutch. Like nobody wants to see him, that guy going against you with the ball in his hands late. Um, so yeah, d- love Dame for sure. My number four, Joel Embiid. Um, I I dropped Joel a bit, um, and I jumped in for one person that I I really I, I'm liking a lot my case for him. But look, Embiid, this I love him. I love him. I I really do. We're finally getting the Embiid season we all wanted, right? Like we really it looked like at times that like is this actually going to happen? What's going on? Um, you know, he's got the right coach. Love love the fit with Doc. Doc's pretty much just like get the ball to Joel every single time. And I won't say they have the right next right star next to him because honestly, the 76ers could win the championship. And I will argue that the Embiid and Simmons fit is not the cleanest <laughs> and it could fit better. Like it really, they could be holding up the trophy and I'll still be saying that. Um, but I, I just, I mean, it, look, we've been thinking about this happening since the process for Joel. It's kind of finally all coming together. He's 29 and 12 almost 
ridiculous. But look, 10 games. He's missed his last 10 or 11 games now um, with the bone bruise. Who knows when he's coming back? Um, so I just could see him missing, especially Philly, where Brooklyn's already overtaken them for the one seed. Like, I could really see them kind of settling into that too, waiting for Joel to just be fully back. And look, I just think, look, this is one of the best dominant big men seasons in a long time, but the the, the game's missed. I've dropped Joel a little bit. Yeah, so... I love what you mentioned about Joel Embiid. He's been incredible. Um, 30 points, nearly 29.9 points a game, 11.2 rebounds. You know, great efficiency, 52% from the field. And surprisingly, almost 40% from three. I didn't realize, you know, he only shoots like three a game or whatever, but I did not realize he's a 40% three-point shooter um, until I was looking up, you know, stats for the MVP pod. AVP, 85% from the free throw line. On the fifth seed at six, they're still, they've dropped a little. They were two or three a week or two ago. They've dropped a little bit in the seedings, uh, down to fifth in the entire NBA, West and East. Uh, but if you think you dropped Joel Embiid uh, low, I really dropped Joel Embiid. I don't have him top wow. 10. Uh, the re- main reason for that is, you know, he's missed 18 games this season, only played 65% of the games this season. And like I mentioned earlier on the pod, there's only been one player in the last like 66 years who's played less than 86% of the season. So he's at 65%, he was 21% lower than that. And even if he played every single game for the rest of the season, he'd only get up to 75%. Only one player in 66 years has won the MVP playing less than 86% of the season. So, you know, Joel Embiid, biggest, biggest thing, he would be, in my opinion, the runaway winner for MVP if he just played you know, 10 more games, 10 or 11 more games. But the fact that he's missed 35% of the season up to this point and will miss at least 25% of the season, um, I, I just I, – I personally couldn't put him top 10. Um, and it's not because anything's done statistically. It's just the game's play thing, you know. It's it's tough to win uh, – it's tough to win MVP if you miss that much time. And then also the Sixers have taken a step back. Team-wise, which isn't anything to do with Joel because he missed so many games recently, but fifth seed in the entire NBA, like we mentioned, if you're not at least a top four seed in the NBA, your chance of winning are are not nearly there. So statistically, and if Joel Embiid had played, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten more games, he would be right there, top three for me. Um, but 18 games missed, 35 percent of the season. I actually excluded him out of my That's top ten. That's um, interesting. Hmm. For those I might be I might be underestimating the games played. 18's a lot. I mean, Joel just this year is just he's been so dumb. No, I agree. And it's tough. It's tough, man. Like I, I look at this MVP as really just like I can't really hate on anybody's like list, you know? Like it's just like there's so many like ways to put together this MVP list, just how you're seeing the season personally, that I mean it it really is. There's a there's so many candidates and Joel, I mean, because it's like, how many more is he going to miss? Now he's on like this weird thing where he's playing like every other night. And it's like, that's probably only going to get less as they get closer to the playoffs, I think. So you're probably right. Like he, he probably is yeah. going to end out, end up like completely out of the top five, at least, which I guess, and maybe even the top 10. I, I, but it's, it's, it's tough just because of the season he's having, you want to reward him in some way. Did oh, you yeah. have, and then, uh, so your fourth was Dame, right? And yeah. then, okay, so uh, do, do you want my surprise third or, or do you want to go third? Uh, well, I mean, it's not a surprise. I'll, I'll jump third in uh, it. You haven't named him either yet. 
Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll go ahead and do three, and then you can give Sounds your surprise good. three. Um, so I feel like there's a pretty – so I feel like the top three, and then there's a large – a pretty decent-sized gap, and then you got four through ten for me. But I feel like the top three have kind of – have kind of, uh, you know, cleared their way to be in top three, in my opinion. Number three, I actually have Giannis Antetokounmpo. We're in agreement. Um, nearly... <laughs> there we go. Is that who you yeah, have we as have well? Giannis at three. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Dude, he, he's been incredible. You know, he's put up similar stats that he's put up, if not better than the last two MVP seasons. Um, you know, almost 29 points a game, 11 rebounds, six assists, 1.1 steals, 1.3 blocks. Um, he's so if you add up all the points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, um, he leads all MVP candidates at 48.8. Um, and you know, he's played. 88% of the season, he's only missed six games. Um, if he plays the rest of the season, he can get up to almost 92%. Um, his team is eighth in the NBA seedings-wise. That's honestly probably the only reason I don't have a one or two. If, he was, if this team was, you know, three or four or five, I would 100%, I think, have him one or two. But his team being eighth in the entire NBA seeding-wise, um, dropped him just a little bit, but he's been incredible statistically. Um, I I, fe- I feel good about these these the top three, um, and like I said, a, a pretty decent gap. But yeah, twenty nine points a game, nearly eleven rebounds, six assists, um, and then a steal, a block, incredible defensively. Still uh, played the most of the season. Just big. Not, the only reason he's not one or two is is team seeding wise, number eight. And as we mentioned multiple times, you're not three or four. You're have a tough chance of winning MVP. But this is such a weird year that. I don't think I would be stunned either way um, if, if for some reason he won MVP. This has such just been such a weird year that I don't know if it necessarily fits in typical statistical, you know, n- normalities or whatever. And his MVP odds on FanDuel are ten to one, and you know some of these FanDuel odds are tasty. They're they're just weird. Like so, FanDuel has actually Joel Embiid plus three sixty, the second favorite in the NBA. So it they're kind of thinking the way you think with Joel B that, you know, he's been so great statistically that the season's just been so weird that F the games played, let's give it to who's been the best player uh, of the year. Even Especially if, he's missed, if they you know, were a top 30% seed. I think like whatever. the Joel case is really strong yeah. if they're the one seed, right? Like if, if, if they don't, if yeah. he misses, they, like I, I feel like if, if they beat out Brooklyn, even though Brooklyn's had their fair share of injuries, but if Joel was able to get the one seed somehow, like that's when it's mm-hmm. like, okay, let's look past the games played. But uh, yeah, keep going on those odds because I was actually interested on those. Yeah, so uh, Nikola Jokic is the front runner, which I'm sure you could uh, guess there. Drone Bead's number two at plus 360. Giannis is 10 to 1. Harden 10 to 1. LeBron 14 to 1. Don't love those. Dame 16 to 1. Luca 18. Kawhi is clear down to 85 to 1. Donovan's 100 to 1. Steph's 100 to 1. And then, you know, Devin Booker's. Uh, 190 to one. Rudy Gobert don't have odds on Fanduel that wow. I could see, and so you know the odds I really like are like the Giannis Harden, uh, and we'll t- I'll touch on Harden here in a second. But Giannis Harden and Dame, like you know, 10 to one, 10 to one, 16 to one for Harden, for Harden, Giannis, and Dame. That's yeah. the end. Joel, you know, because I don't, I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid are for sure locked by any means to MVP. I actually don't even have Joel Embiid top 10. So, um, you know, the, the Giannis Harden Dame MVP odds, 10, 10, 16, 
um, that's pretty tasty for me. In my, I opinion. agree. I like those odds too, like the Harden Giannis ones. And then I, that's what I was saying with the Dame. Like maybe as a sleeper, you throw a little on that if Dame gets ridiculously mm-hmm. hot for the rest of the season. I mean, you really never know. You could at least make yeah. it a little more interesting. Um, but yeah, so I. I thought I had a surprise there. I thought maybe you know having Giannis above like some some of the other guys would would be a would kind of be a surprise to some because I think to, to the most part I think all that matters to people with Milwaukee and Giannis is the playoffs. Um, like Giannis, like you said, he really is having just as if not a better statistical season than both his MVP award years. Um, now yeah. they don't have the wins and they flamed out in the playoffs two years in a row. So voters probably ha- don't want to give it to him until he proves it. Uh, Harden kind of has a lot of exactly. that going on too, I think. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, he's just absolutely ridiculous, but yeah, I mean, we both had him third and I, I just think the bucks are playing better lately. Um, I think they'd won nine of their last 10 recently. They, then they lost, but uh, they've been playing better is the point. Uh, and I mean, Giannis is ridiculous. I mean, 29, 11, and 6, like you said. He's also, the thing with Giannis is he's also a top five defensive player in the, in the league, you know? Like, he can also, yeah. on that end, he's doing um, what Rudy does in terms of protecting the rim and contesting shots and his length affecting everything. And I just think <laughs> he's been fantastic, but I have a hard time seeing him getting it again, honestly, because I just don't know if people are going to vote for him. Because think about guys that have won the award, the numbers they have. But like I've said a million times, the stories and Giannis's numbers are incredible. But all they're going to mm-hmm. care about is, okay, you need to win now. You know, <laughs> it's time for you to win. At least that's what mm-hmm. I think. But I have him third. And maybe that's why I felt like this would be a sleeper. But me and you are in, in lockstep just because his numbers are so good, man. Like, they're just so freaking good. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, dude, he, he's been extremely impressive, and he's really flew under the radar um, this year in MVP considerations, mainly because he's won the last two, and so, you know, the voter fatigue thing comes into play, but you know, he's been incredible. He's, he's he's putting up, like, Shaquille O'Neal. You know, he's, and, <laughs> he's been so great, and he's, you know, yeah, he's just been incredible. I, I love him here at number three, and I wish his team was a little bit better because um, – I think he would have a serious consideration for one, two. And I don't really love the top. I don't love him either. I don't love him either. I kind of like. I feel a little bit underwhelmed, but. 10 through three better than the top two. Like, I don't feel great about either one of these guys as the MVP, even though they're both great. They're both great players. But, Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess we have the same top two. I want to talk about Milwaukee real quick. If you, if if you, uh, so like, so we were, I was talking about the playoff. Like, what do you see them possibly breaking through it all this year like because uh, do you still because I definitely still have my uh I guess skepticism that they this is going to translate to the playoffs because it just hasn't yeah and you know I I have a hard time putting them above the Nets uh, the, the Nets in my opinion in the East I think they're right there in like the same range as the 76ers um but I, I don't think I would be shocked if they you know I woke up in there in the NBA finals I think there's three teams in the East and maybe even four if you include the heat that, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they were, they, I woke up in three months and they were in the NBA finals. Um, you know, the Nets, Sixers, Bucks all have a good chance. I have a hard time putting them above the Nets and, you know, you know, Sixers, Bucks either way, but uh, I don't, I, I, I don't know. You know, they're currently third in the East right now. Um, three and a half games behind Brooklyn, three games behind the 76ers. Um, 
but yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know. They're a tough team to 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 pick, you know, or to you know predict where they're going to be just because they've underwhelmed in the playoffs the last couple of years. Um, but at the same time, you know, Giannis is one of the best players in the NBA. One of the best two-way. It probably is the best two-way player in the NBA. Um, and so it, it, they're tough to predict. But what do you think about the Bucks? Do you think they have a legitimate chance at um, going to the NBA Finals, or you think you know they'll just get beat up on by the set? That's the 76ers or kind of what a Philly matchup would be amazing series. Amazing series. I really think that. Uh, I, I, I believe I kind of I like them in terms of I think they're they're pretty good. Like, I think they're being, I mean, like, I think they're being fairly rated though. Like, I think the skepticism is definitely real. Like, yeah, I think, um, until you prove otherwise in the playoffs, you kind of just got to live with those failures. I mean, last year was a black, a bad flame out, it just was like. I get the bubble. I get the whole thing. Yeah. But, I mean, a five game – I mean, I, Miami went to the finals. I get it. But they should not have lost that in five. And then also the four straight yeah. to Toronto the year before, the bud questions are absolutely still there. Um, but Giannis is a, is a just – I mean, he's the best regular season player in the league. Like, he's the best regular season player in the league. Whether he can do it in the playoffs and whether I'm being fair – because I guess you can you can't do it can tell you they do it right. I mean LeBron had this, KD had this. They all have this. All the superstars go through this at some point. Um, but I'm looking at their odds right now at the East odds right now, and I, I want to run these by you because Brooklyn is minus one hundred five. Mm-hmm. That seems high to me. I don't think they should be in the. Minus. My, if, if if you could tell me, I get Brooklyn or the Eastern the field in the Eastern Conference. I take the field. Yeah, I just I think that minus I, that scares me behind Brooklyn. Oh yeah, and then you got yeah. I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the field 100 in the Eastern Conference just because you know this team, this Brooklyn Nets team is so weird. You know, I I looked up the how bad they are on defense. They're like I haven't looked looked at them the last two or three weeks, but two or three weeks ago they were like 25th, 26th in on defense, and there hasn't ever been an NBA team like lower than like. 10th or 11th to make the NBA finals and win a to title. I this guy about um, Brooklyn, and I hate it. Trust me, because I love mm-hmm. the player. I defended him when he went to Golden State. He, I loved him in OKC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always blamed Russ. I've loved Kevin Durant. But are we sure he's going mm-hmm. to play three straight hardcore playoff rounds? You know, like, or anyone on that team. Kyrie so. has his problems. Harden is now banged up. Like, that, that's just scary seeing them a minus behind them. And then you have Milwaukee plus three fifty, Philly plus five hundred, and then and then Miami's plus four uh, is fourteen to one, um, and then I don't really think anyone else has a shot. Uh, but yeah, like yeah, I, I I would grab those Philly and Milwaukee odds maybe, and just kind of hope that one of them in two rounds like just catches the Nets in the right round. Yeah. What what did you say those uh, Philly and Milwaukee odds were against? Oh yeah. So you got Milwaukee's plus three fifty, and you got Philly plus five hundred. I I like both of those, especially Philly Uh, plus five hundred. The the Philly to go to the NBA Finals, like I I like those one law five to one. Um, I like Milwaukee's two three and a half to one. I mean, you put both those, put money on both those, and uh, you make you know decent money if they win. I, I like those a lot better than Brooklyn Nets minus 105 or whatever they were, uh, in my opinion. But, you know, they're, 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 the odds make sense. They're located in New York. They have three of the biggest stars. But their defense, if it, it'd be like we've never seen a defense this bad make it to the NBA Finals and win a championship. So 
I'm not saying they can't do it, but we have not seen it in like 30, 40, 50 years. Um, if ever uh, a team with a defense this bad make it to the NBA Finals. So who knows? They can do it, but I definitely like odds wise, I like the Bucks Sixers 100% more. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Well, I guess we could finish our MVP list. <laughs> I got a sidetrack there, but yeah. uh, top two. That was a good lead in. Top two. Just talked about the Nets. Obviously, one of the Nets is going to be in here. Uh, so, number yep. two, start us off, Cars. Yeah, so I'm, this is probably honestly where I get most of this, my backlash when I talk about it on Twitter or whatever. And most of it is coming from Nugget fans. Here we go. But I actually have Nikola Jokic number two, uh, mainly because, you know, his team's sixth, the sixth seed in the NBA. And it's kind of like a little bit of a, a give or take. Do you want a player with on a team with a lower seed or do you want a player – that has played less games in the regular season and has other baggage and maybe not quite be as statistically um, great, although it's very comparable. Um, and I actually went – I actually have Nikola Jokic here, sixth seed in the NBA. Um, what he's doing statistically individually is terrific. You know, 26.3 points, 10.9 rebounds, 8.7 assists, 1.5 steals, 0.6 blocks, great shooting percentages, 57% from the field, 42% from three. Um, and 86% from the free throw line. Um, if you add up the points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, he comes at number two, only behind Giannis Antetokounmpo. But, yeah, his, his team is sixth in the NBA. And like I mentioned, the last, like, what was it, 30, 40 years, there's only been one player outside of the top four seeds, the winning MVP, and only, like, two players outside the top three, two or three players outside the top three win MVP. And obviously everyone knows Russell Westbrook finishing 10th, winning MVP with his historically great triple-double season. But I I just have a hard time putting Nikola Jokic, who's, you know, played in 100% of his team's games, who's been individually great. I'm not, not taking anything away from Nikola Jokic. Um, I have him number two in MVP, and I if you think Nikola Jokic should be MVP, great. Like I, I don't really have an argument. He's been great. Um, he's played in every game, which is all a huge bonus for me. I love it when players don't take rest days, don't you know miss a game or two for a minor injury. You know he's played in every single game, which I love. But his team's just sixth in the NBA, and you know if his team could get up to that four range, which is one hundred percent possible, um, that top four seed range, maybe even. I don't know about five, but top four seed range in the NBA. Um, I could, I would consider flip flopping my one two, but currently the sixth seed in the NBA. Um, he's been great, but I have Nikola Jokic at number two, and you know, it just it just mainly comes down to would you rather the MVP go to you know a top one two three team in the NBA. Um, and a player that maybe missed 10 to 15% of the games, or would you rather the MVP go to a player that's, you know, a one, uh, you know, a five, six, seven seed, but has played in 100% of the games. Statistically, they're comparable. Um, if you have, like I said, you know, Nikola Jokic is second. If you added the points, you're about to assist those blocks at 48 total points. Um, uh, and, you know, the guy that I will well, touch on in a second is at 46. So it's not, it's like super comparable. Um, only two point differences. If you had a points rebound, assist those blocks. Um, I, I favored the, the, this team seating a little bit over games played and some minor uh, differences in statistical stats. So I have Nikola Jokic at number two. And you know what? So do I. <laughs> so oh! I have Jordan as the MVP too. Um, 
And and you you made the exact right point. Now, who do I think right now, if the season ended right now, who would get it? I honestly think Jokic would probably get it. Um, but I so too. what I value more than is is I hate it on it with Westbrook. I have to be consistent, I think, where if you're not in the top five, if you're not even in the top five, you know, in your conference, mm-hmm. I just can't say you're the most valuable player in the league in this league where, I mean, there's just so many great players. Now, the Harden stuff, like we get it, it kind of speaks for itself why he wouldn't be the MVP, right? Um, but he's carried that team for a lot of the season. Kyrie's missed a bunch of games. KD's missed a bunch of games. He's been, I mean, James Harden is a walking top five offense in the NBA, man. Like, I mean, there's, you could put four of the most average players in the league around him on offense, and they are going to be a top five offense in the league. He's that special of an offensive player. I get the referee stuff. I get it. I hate it too. And everything that comes with Harden Mm -hmm. forcing his way out of Houston, but Brooklyn's the one seed right now. He's missed a little time here lately, but he's been consistently out there, and he always is. He always is. <laughs> he's a rock. He's always playing. He's always mm-hmm. healthy. He's and he's a he's a he's a walking top five offense. Twenty six, eleven, and eight. Um, and you know we can get into more of Harden, but yeah, I just think Jokic, the seeding thing. If I'm being fair to what I criticized Westbrook with a couple of years ago, um. Hey, I got to do it again where I just think, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'll have you at high in in the MVP race second for sure. But you got to get up a little higher in the standings for me to put you one. And that's not even how I usually see the game. Like it's you win and lose as a team, the whole thing. Um, I think NBA, you know, one player definitely has more control over than it than in like football, obviously. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, I just think, you got to be up there and as great as he's been, I don't really have another knock on Jokic. I don't really think there is one. I mean, he had a couple yeah. slow, like I was looking at it. I was like his game log. It's insane. <laughs> he's can, so consistent. He gets it done every night, right. you know? And, but for, for me, Harden does too. And I, I, I got to give it to him. Yeah. I, I love the point you touched on with, you know, Kyrie and KD, they've missed significant portions of the season. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of the arguments against Harden was, oh, he's playing with two other all-stars. No, he's not. You know, Kevin Durant's missed 62% of the season. Um, Kyrie Irving's missed 29% of the season. You know, he's doing a lot of this, you know, either by himself or with only Kyrie. And, uh, and, you know, so he's really not, he's put, he's, there's only, they've only played like six or seven games where, Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant were healthy and playing. So they have not played very many games games together. So he really has kind of put this Brooklyn Nets team somewhat on his back. And they're the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and the number two seed in the entire NBA. And so what he's done is impressive. I know he's I know there's some little bit of voter fatigue there with Harden where he's already won an MVP, where he's been like top five in like three or four seasons. But he's been incredible, you know, kind of through you know, and that, that squad outside of Kyrie, Harden, and KD, you know, that's not no easy squad to throw on your back and finish in the one seed in the Eastern Conference. You know, there's a lot of non normally non-rotation guys outside those top three. That was one of the big things they kind of gave up when they acquired James Harden's a lot of their depth. And so 
you know, it's been it's been impressive to me what James Harden's done, um, being the one seed in the Eastern Conference um, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving missing so much time. Um, and yeah, you, you've got you've got to be unless you're having a historically great um, statistical season, you've got to be a top three or four seed in the NBA. Otherwise, I will have the absolute hardest time putting you in an MVP, actual MVP, tie number one MVP, and. You know, Harden checks the box. He's great statistically. His team is number one in the East, number two in the entire NBA. You know, he's putting up insane stats, 11 assists, 25.2 points per game. Um, he's been in absolutely incredible. And, yeah, he's leading the NBA in assists per game um, at 10.9. So, um, yeah, I – I, I, I get a lot of backlash, mostly from Nuggets fans having Harden above Jokic and even some Jazz fans and regular NBA fans. But I I feel good and comfortable having Harden at Jokic. And, you know, it's not like you said, there's not no knock on Jokic. But, you know, he's he's been good. He's been great. But he hasn't been, like, mind-blowingly great statistically. And his team's a sixth seed um, in the entire NBA. He's, like, fourth or fifth in the West or whatever they are. Um, and so – and yeah, yeah, that, that, that's kind of fair. I mean, and, and, and you know, we can mention the hardened baggage, we can talk about it. Yeah, he completely tanked his way out of Houston. We all know that, like, that's not a secret. Like, yeah, yeah. like, we're looking past that. Like, like, I mean, like, and and look, Houston hasn't turned out to be the best situation in and of itself. Um, now was he in the right to do that? I, I don't think so. I, I, I'm usually pro player on that stuff, but I think Harden was in the wrong there. Um, and like, but he went over to Brooklyn. And we, I guess we should mention no MVP has ever been traded in the same season. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, he goes over to Brooklyn and they weren't even playing that well when he got there. It's not like they were nine and oh, I'm pretty sure they were like mm-hmm. five and four. Now, you know, they were a new team to start the yeah. season, like the whole thing. But in Harden's first. OK, yeah, I pulled this up. Yeah. In Harden's first 23 games, the Nets are, were 21 and two. Like he came in and that's when it's like, okay, the Nets. Okay. And yeah, they were seven and six when Harden got there there. And then they were 21 and two when he, after he got traded and since, and then overall they're 26 and seven with Harden in the lineup. Um, So like, they've just become an absolutely great team at his, his arrival and Hey, 13 games in NBA season, who cares really? But at seven and six, especially, you know, you're fine. But, like they've had a ton of injuries. They would not be in this position right now. If it was not mm-hmm. for James Harden, they would not be the one seed who knows where they'd be, you know, like the, the, they would have had Kyrie and Katie missing time, you know, like th- there's points in time where you're not sure what the nets would have been thrown out there without James Harden. So I'm choosing to look past that. Yes. The Houston stuff at the end, it was bad. It was really, really bad. But the good that this guy brings, it's 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 clear as day. It's clear as day. And it, and if you value that more that he, you know, kind of screwed over Houston, I can't knock you for that. But I don't think the Nets are the one seed if James Harden's not on that team at all. You know, so yeah, I think yeah, I think having Harden there, you know, he just kind of checks the box where they've won with him. Um, there's also like this pro player thing like going on. So maybe Harden could get some of that narrative, you know, uh, and you know, we'll see, but like Jokic, they're sitting at the four seed in the West right now. 
I just I just think it's a little low. I do. I just do. And especially when you got a guy like Harden as the one seed in the East. Yeah, no, completely agree. And that most ten to one odds on Fandle are extremely tasty on Harden because I I think in you know another month or two or three, if the Nuggets are still you know four, five, or six seed, and the Brooklyn Nets are like three games above the two seed in the East with the one seed, and Harden you know statistically is great, he plays the majority of the rest of the games. I think a lot. I think there's a high probability that people are going to start you know, looking, okay, hard in Jokic, hard in Jokic. And like you mentioned earlier, I think if the season ended right now, the MVP would go to Jokic. I don't know if that's necessarily fair or not. But, um, you know, yeah. And, and another odds-wise, while we're on talking about odds and tasty odds and stuff like that, Donovan Mitchell, 100 to 1. If, if he can get up to 28 points a game, which post-All-Star break, he's been 28, averaging 28, 29, 30 points a game. He's had – 41 points against Phoenix, 37 points against the Portland Trailblazers. At 100 to 1, if Donovan King, you know, increases points per game average up to 28, maybe 29, and Jazz are still the one seed and he's still putting up, you know, five rebounds, five assists, um, good shooting percentages, I think he should absolutely be in the MVP consideration. And 100 to 1 odds uh, for Donovan, you know, to finish the season averaging 28, 29 points a game, I kind of like that, to be honest. So, you know, Harden at 10 to 1 to win the MVP – and Donovan Mitchell, 100 to 1 to MVP. I, I think those are my two favorite bets. Love that board, Donovan one. Love that Donovan one. Because I'm sure you've yeah. seen this. You know, you're obviously a diehard Jazz fan. Uh, but, dude, do you know the remaining schedule for, for uh, uh, I was going to say us like we were on the team, oh, but the Kate. Jazz, <laughs> the, the rest of the way? <laughs> oh, cake. It's like they're, they play like two I mean, teams. Two teams yeah, in like, so like the top 10 or something like that. First of all, they'll probably be on 11, 12 game winning streak going to the playoffs. Like, I mean, I don't see how they, I mean, maybe they'll probably lose one of these just because that's how the NBA goes. But I'll just read it off quickly. First Sacramento, first Washington, first OKC, first Indiana, at Lakers, at Lakers, who has have no one on their team right now, at Rockets, first T-Wolves, first yeah. T-Wolves, at Kings, at Suns. Like, obviously, at Suns, and you're probably resting yeah. at that point. If you're the Jazz, you have the one seed locked up and everything. But the one seed is, like, it's yeah. done, dude. That's, like, why I wasn't really freaking out over that Phoenix loss. Like, a lot of Jazz fans were, like, losing their mind. Mm-hmm. But I was just, like, the one seed is, like, unless they – like, there's no way they aren't the one seed. There's no way. <laughs> like, like they're going to be the one seed. I, I really feel confident saying that. So, like, Donovan has the perfect opportunity to, like, go off against some of these teams, you know, have just, like, cook for a whole night. Oh, yeah. and. And he, since the All-Star break, I mean, it's just been, I mean, he's been one of the best, I mean, I'm not sure, you know, where he'd rank, but really it feels like he's been at that playoff level, Donovan, is what I'd say in this last stretch. Like, he's been incredible. Uh, but yeah, the schedule's cakewalk. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, if Donovan wants MVP, what he's got to do is basically, like, you know, get his scoring average up to 28, 29 points a game, which with that cakewalk of a schedule, if he wants to get average, you know, you put up 33, 34, 35 points a game for the remainder of the season, starting today for the remainder of the season. That's basically what you have to do. It's 100% in play. If he wants to do it, if Quinn Snyder wanted, wants him to get MVP, he could 100% get it. And, you know, 101 odds. That's like, yeah, I, I think if you play the season 100 times, I think Donovan would increase the scoring up to 28, 29 with the easiness of a schedule in, like, you know, at least at least 10 to 20 times, and they're basically saying, like, that won't happen. That only happen one out of every 100 times with them being 101 odds. And I think it's possible. I, I like the 101 odds on Mitchell. Obviously, he 
he still needs to do a lot to increase the scoring. It's not probably as easy as we're making it sound, but um, at 101 odds, that's that's tasty. I I like it, and uh, the Jazz should run away with the one seed, which will be a huge bonus. Um, I think Donovan can increase his scoring, and he's already increased. I feel like at least a full point, and since the All Star break, up to 26 now. Um, and he, the last two games, he had 41 and then 37. Um, what's stopping him from, you know, you know, keeping up, you know, averaging 35, 36. I, I, if anyone can do it, Don can. Like, I, if you told me in three months that, yeah, Donovan ended the season, the last 20 games averaging 35 out of the last, just the last 20 games, I would 100% believe because Donovan has that capability. Um, the Jazz are running away with the one seed. Uh, 101 odds on Donovan, 10 to 1 odds on James Harden win MVP. I think those are my two favorite bets. Yeah, I like those. I like both those. I mean, the Harden one, you know, especially, like, we'll we'll see. I mean, Jokic, I mean, like, Denver's been playing well since the Gordon trade. I guess we could talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah. They're sitting at the four seed, but, I mean, right now their first round matchup is the Lakers, so have fun with that if the Lakers are healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, That's tough. So, I mean – yeah, like it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I really can't remember an MVP race this open. Um, to close the show, though, got one more thing mm-hmm. for us to do. We're going to each give, um, not even sure what we'll call this, but pretty much just one thing we like, one thing we haven't liked so far. I mean, there's only like what, how many games left in the season? Um, 20-ish, 20-ish, 20-21, yeah, something around there. Um, so just like one thing we really liked this season, one thing we haven't liked basically like 80 percent of the way through yeah uh you want me to start with one thing Either i like way, yeah i like with it okay so one thing that i've 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 loved about this season is we've talked we've mentioned already a few times is just the openness of the season you know there's legitimately eight nine ten teams that i could see you know make the nba finals um and it, it's it's you know the Nets, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz, the Bucks, the 76ers, the Nuggets, probably the Heat, probably the Suns, maybe the Trailblazers, maybe the Mavericks. Um, you know, there's legitimately 10 to 12 teams that I could see make the NBA Finals. And I absolutely love that where, you know, the last, like, decade it's been like, okay, pencil the Warriors yeah. in. Okay, pencil the Heat in. Okay, pencil the Lakers in, you know. Um And the fact that there's 10 to 12 teams, um, openness of it is awesome. And the openness in the MVP voting is also awesome. Like, it kind of sucks when you're like, oh, it doesn't necessarily suck from a viewer point standpoint, but it sucks from like a narrative standpoint. They're like, you don't have anything to argue with Steph is this team 73 and 90 is averaging like 30 points a game. You know, it's it's a lot more fun when it's open, in my opinion, you have something to argue about kind of. And so the fact there's 10 to 12 teams that have a legitimate chance at at NBA Finals, birth is awesome and the fact that there's uh three four five maybe six players that have a chance at mvp you know that's also pretty awesome in my opinion and so that's that's one thing that i've absolutely loved um with this season it, it's been it's been a, a breath of fresh air with you know basically just like okay where's your win the title season where's you're gonna at least go to the NBA finals okay pencil the heat in this year so the last decade it's been pretty 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 boring when it's like okay this team's gonna make the right. finals 100 unless something right. you'd have to like find happens. interesting like matchups oh i really hope this matchup happens in the playoffs exactly. it's like a second round matchup it's like okay yeah that matchup's mm-hmm. kind of fun but either one is going to lose to the warriors or either one's going to lose to lebron or you know whatever it is and this year it feels the exact exactly. exact opposite um one thing i've liked 
is is going to be weird. But it, one thing I've liked because he's not having their team anyway is not having a good season. But Zion Williamson, I've been watching a lot of Pelicans. Um, oh yeah, like this is this is a not a good team. I will say, like they're not. If you're hoping they win the game, you're not going to be very pleased just because in that sense they're maddening. Like they lose all these close games, they blow leads. Like it's just like you know, it's it's kind of just a mess, you know, but lately they've been on like these low money lines, like maybe plus 110 or plus 120. It's like, I can't even remember like Dallas, I think, or Boston or Atlanta for sure. I had them. Uh, and I, I just get him a sucker for them. I end up watching the game and Zion dude, like this guy's unstoppable. <laughs> like, I mean, don't call one play. Don't want run one set. Don't do anything. He's getting 20 and 10. It doesn't matter. Like, just roll the ball out, and he's just—he's that physically dominant, dude. He bounces off guys, like he just flies in the air. Like, okay, so yeah, this is the stretch I've kind of had them on. He's had 39, 38, 28, and thirty-four. That's his last. That's his last uh, four games. So I mean, he's just been out of control lately, um, and yeah, he's been really fun to watch. Pelicans not fun to watch they're not what i don't like they're not my thing but they're not fun to watch but the but zion's incredible no i actually love you brought up zion because he's not currently ninth in the nba in points per game which you know in his second year that's absolutely incredible and watching him against the jazz you know i don't know if there's a single player that gives rudy gobert more trouble than maybe zion williamson or Chris Paul. Those are like the only two players in the NBA. Those are the top two players in the NBA that give Rudy Gobert the most trouble. But if for some reason, whatever it is with Zion, he does well against Rudy Gobert. I don't know what it is, but averaging 26.3 points per game as a second-year player, he's been incredible. And I actually am also glad you brought the Pelicans because I, I've kind of been on the record of I think I would trade Brandon Ingram um, this offseason. One, because – I think you need to go to Zion. He's been so incredible. I think it the entire fourth quarter, he's your guy. And with Brandon Ingram, I don't think you can you can necessarily tell Brandon Ingram, okay, this is going to Zion. This is Zion's team. Uh, shoot the ball to Zion. And also, you could get a huge return back for Brandon Ingram from someone. Multiple picks, a lot of young, good players. Uh and then kind of start to rebuild around Zion Williamson. So I, I've got a lot of pushback on that as well on the old Twitter. But I think I would trade Brandon Ingram, you know, maybe for a guard, someone that fits better around Zion Williamson because Zion Williamson is the guy that you want to build around. After 26.3 points per game in his second season as an NBA player, he's, he's been incredible. And I don't know how much Brandon Ingram is a winning player, to be honest with you. you know, statistically, he looks great. He's an all-star last year. Um, he's a great player that you could get a huge return back if you're willing to trade him um, and wanted to build around Zion Williamson. And it's, they're like 11th or 12th in the NBA in the Western conference right now. So it's not like you're gonna get it much worse. If you do decide to trade Brandon Ingram, no, there's only the way you, there's only up from here to the Pelicans. So uh, yeah, if I'm, if I'm the Pelicans GM, I'm trading Brandon Ingram, Bill around Zion, because Zion is absolutely incredible. 26.3 points. Yeah. I mean, like he's at 62%. (laughs) Like he's completely unstoppable. Like I I just laugh at at watching him. Like he's Mm -hmm. been awesome. Like on the Ingram point, that's interesting. Like, I'm not I, I like I think that's almost fair because it's just like I feel like a lot of the time it's like this needs to be Zion's team and like he's clearly the best player on the team there's no doubt about it and and there's just too many times now I like Ingram too and I think 
that's the that's the whole point you know you trade him because you can get a lot back from him because he is good you know <laughs> and and like he like well, I feel like just fans kind of miss that sometimes it's like they always just feel like it's a hate on the player but like you just it's like just turn the keys yeah. over to this kid in Zion who's completely and totally unstoppable I mean Zion's at 37% from three like if he's literally hitting that if that's real I mean forget about it he'll, he'll win an MVP like if he if his team ever gets good enough like mm-hmm. and and like I mean Ingram, it just kind of feels like it's just kind of overkill with him. And they have other ball handers. They have like mm-hmm. a million picks. They can replace that. They could even like you know get another veteran player to you know fit better around him. You know they could do a lot with that Ingram asset. Uh, and oh, yeah. and they got to do something because it's not working. They are not winning these games. And if we've seen in the NBA, if you don't win, your star is going to get furious. And you need to just keep Zion happy. New Orleans already went through this with Davis. You know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I, I like that point because I mean, what you don't make it last year in the to the playoffs when everybody's like, yeah, New Orleans is gonna make it, and then this year everyone's like, yeah, New Orleans is gonna make it, and they're not. I mean, they're not even being the playing tournament. I mean, it's not just they're bad; they're not good. Mm-hmm. Like they're really bad right now, twenty two and nineteen. I mean, Stan Van Gundy, I'm not so sure about him, but like something's got to be changed. They just fired their, they just hired him. You know, it can't just be all the coaches' fault. Uh, but uh, one thing you don't like yeah. this year. Yeah, and so one thing I don't like this year, and this this might be a little bit of a biased viewpoint where I'm, you know, a huge Jazz fan. I, I live, eat, sleep, and die like Jazz news. But one thing I hate is this season especially seems like the small market bias is just absolutely out of control. Um, you know, we have teams like the Milwaukee Bucks who – with Giannis, we've been absolutely incredible, and you've barely heard a peep from the national media about Giannis and the Bucks. Um, and you know the Jazz, the Suns, one, two in the Western Conference. And until recently, I feel like recently there's been a little bit more buzz. But up until recently, it's always been like, okay, well, what about the Lakers? The Lakers will beat you guys anyway. Like, yeah, the Jazz are freaking won 23 straight games at home, but right, like, it doesn't matter because Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. You know, Perkins is calling them the lottery. Yeah, go ahead. I could take the floor because I totally agree. Yeah. No, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. The small market bias towards you, the Utah Jazz. They won 23 straight games at home. They're the ones you buy a mile. And like a Jazz fan or like a national person can't even can't even say these facts that they won 23 straight games. They've been incredible. Rudy Gobert's been incredible. Donovan Mitchell without someone else saying, okay, well, what about the Lakers? Because I think the Lakers will beat the Jazz in the playoffs. And, you know, yeah, the Jazz beat up the Lakers by 27 points, but they didn't have Anthony Davis. And like – it's just driving me absolutely insane, and it's it, it's not even a thing in NFL. And you know the Green Bay Packers are one of the most talked about, and you know teams in the NFL, and they're one of the small markets in the NFL. The freaking uh, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, another small market team that is talked about just as much as like the New York Giants or the the New York Jets or whatever. Um, there's another small market team, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, probably one of the most talked about teams in the NFL possibly in NFL history with the way media is and social media is. And they're in one of the absolute smallest markets. Like Utah is a much bigger market than That's Kansas city. Point. And the, yet, I love that the way they, about the NFL because they, like, the way it, I, I drive yeah, me like insane. If, they, if, if Giannis was in the NFL, if he was in green Bay, like say, just say like, he was mm-hmm. like, we're just in this. We're like, what the NFL would do is they would completely mm-hmm. embrace him in that city. <laughs> they would do nothing but build okay. around him in that like and that's and because the the guy like it's like they just know that it's it's the player you know like it's it's him it's the like so 
So like oh, this, yeah. I, and, and, and you're exactly right on all of it. I really, and I don't even really try and, I, I mean, you know me, I, I really don't. I mean, I, I don't try and like say like, oh, the jazz are, no. are, people are against the jazz or people are biased against the jazz. I've never, ever thought that way ever. Mm-hmm. And, but this no. year with them having success, the only thing you hear is yeah but yeah but this yeah but this yeah but this um there's people i respect and think are some of the like smartest people about basketball in like around and like they're even like leaving jazz off like top west contenders as like recently as like a month ago and they were the one seed (laughs) and it's just like and like and it's just funny because it's like if the jazz were an nfl team they would be on the big game like that the NFL has of like the oh, yeah. big CBS game, the big Fox game, Sunday night, Monday night. They would be on that game every week because that's what the NFL does and oh, they yeah. do it so good. And the NFL has a million other of its own flaws that I actually do criticize constantly and nonstop. But like they, they actually have that part of it down. I, I, I love that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just it just seems – and maybe, like you said, just because the Jazz are having extreme amounts of success um, this season, they're one of the smaller markets. It seems more relevant than typical years, but this se- this season seems out of control. And you know, I I do love that part about the the NFL. It, it doesn't seem to matter what market Manny, size you're star in Indianapolis in. for fifteen um, years. Th- Goes to Denver, still yeah. star. <laughs> like they, yeah. they just do it. They just do it the right yep. way. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, talked about just as much as uh, any uh, any other player in the NFL, and he's in one right. of the smallest markets in Green Bay. You know, same with Patrick Mahomes in an incredibly small market in Kansas City. Um, talk about as much, if not significantly more than any other player in the NFL, and yet you've got these these two um, all stars, three all stars in Utah, two that should have a legitimate case at being MVP, and you know, you hear. 10 to 30 times more you probably hear equal amounts of news about Dennis Schroeder than Donovan Mitchell and well, the fact that that's even the you can even say that without blinking and it's believable oh yeah oh yeah 100% and it's just ridiculous and it's not a thing in the NFL and I don't know why it's a thing in the NBA but the small market bias is 100% a thing and it seems to be more prevalent this season than ever and before. So that's definitely one thing that I haven't liked about yeah, this and it's season. like you almost want one of these other teams to win just because of that in weird ways. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, man, like I really try not to buy into that narrative usually. And like, but like this, this oh, year yeah. it's been, it's been, I think it's been pretty clear. Like I, it's not, and I'm not even just limiting to the jazz. Like the bucks are definite victims. Like you said, like mm-hmm. they were trying to force Giannis mm-hmm. out of Milwaukee. They were, they wanted him gone. They wanted yeah. him to leave. Like, like, yeah, I, I, I mean, and it's just like it goes down to any small market. Why? Same, same thing with Dame Lillard too. You know, Stephen A. Smith goes on an ESPN broadcasting show and is basically pleading with Dame Lillard right. to leave Portland to go to a bigger market. For why, why, you know, why Dame's happy in Portland. He he's in the MVP consideration every year. His teams, you know, his teams had success in the postseason, going to the Western Conference Finals, and they've had good teams. You know, they've had bad injury luck, but it is absolutely ridiculous. You would have uh, a national ESPN guy like Stephen A. Smith pleading with Damian Lillard to go to a bigger market like Los Angeles, New York, or San Francisco. 
Um, when Damian Lillard doesn't want that, he doesn't want that. And you never see that in the NFL. You never see, oh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has, I pleaded you, Aaron Rodgers, please go to the New York Giants or Jets, um, leave Wisconsin, or Patrick Mahomes, please go to Los Angeles Chargers or the Los Angeles Rams, please, you'll do so much better. Like, that is not a thing in the NFL, and I don't know why it is a thing in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, and – yeah, I totally agree. I really do. Um, but, well, yeah, man, like, it, it's it's crazy because, like, it just doesn't happen in really any other league. But for some reason, just the NBA does it constantly. And, and it's like, look at it from Dame's view just quickly, and then I'll yeah. get to mine. It's like – Portland yeah. drafted Portland drafted him in the top ten where he was a small town recruit, you know, coming out of Weber. Like he was they drafted mm-hmm. him in the top ten. Um, like they gave him the supermax. They've won decently. Like they I mean, like you said, they they they've won a couple playoff rounds. They've made the Western Conference Finals in that weird year. Like he's a great player. Like he's beloved in the mm-hmm. league. And it's just like leave. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, wait, what what yeah. what's going on here? But yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so, okay. So one thing I don't like as, as we're kind of, uh, wrapping up the show, but like, I would say this year above all, after every single call, do we need to just completely, I mean, from the complaining to the reviews, which are nonstop at end of games and completely kill the flow. Um, I'm there like they do. Like, I, I'm not even sure I need reviews at the end of games anymore. Like, um, and then the players just every single time like after every call just looking at refs to complain i like ah like just the kills the flow i can't take it like i think what i like mm-hmm. so much about the mj doc that i like i've like think back on it is there was none of that there was none of that and i'm and i'm not saying yeah. that was better basketball it wasn't this is better basketball we have better players now the whole thing i'm like i i'm totally totally think that but there was not the reviews and not every single call was he looking at the refs bitching every single time, like for five mm-hmm. straight minutes. So it's just like it's it's on every team. Booker does it nonstop. Like that's what made me think of this on Phoenix. Paul, like Phoenix is so bad. Like the Lakers mm-hmm. get called out about it because they're so bad. Uh, the Clippers, um, I mean, even the Jazz, like Rudy complains, like I'll be fair. Um, it's just oh, yeah. ever around the league. Like look to the Nets, Harden, are you kidding me? <laughs> like – I mean, it's just like it's it's not everywhere. It's not even like the major fouls that they're they're complaining about. It's like things that are in the second quarter. Fouls. We have to like, stop the game. You'll see for someone five smack someone up. Like as... Argue about this yeah. one reach. You know, it's like really come on. Guys. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I fully agree, and you know, I think a lot of that is. You know, the refs, I, I do feel like there's something to, you know, the amount of times you complain to a referee, the more likely you are to get, you know, the the, the benefit of the doubt, the next the next call, which um, I think it, it, the, the players need to quit bitching about the refs, but the refs also need to quit giving the benefit totally of the did. doubt to the person that complains the most. You know, you look at James Harden, who complains a, more than anyone, Chris Paul are right up there too, but they're always getting the benefit of the doubt. If there's a 50-50 call, it's going James Harden's way, it's going Chris Paul's way because they've been on the rest from right. the, t- the tip-off, you know? And so the the refs really got to quit giving in to um, giving the benefit of the doubt to the guy that complains the most. And actually, if there's a 50-50 call, give it to the guy that complains least, and maybe that'll solve some of it. But also the players, you, you just can't. It's, it's – uh, you just can't complain as much as you do. And, and Rudy Gobert is, is bad at that. 100%. You got to be 
you got to be fair. And some of the guys on the Jazz are bad, but it's just really an NBA good. problem. You know, it's it's horrible. I, I yeah, that's a great that's a great point. That's also something that I feel like's gotten worse and worse and worse. Um, it's funny because season, like the Harden so. point, everyone and, like, yeah. Harden is so hard to officiate. What do you do? What do you do? It's like, and it's like what you said. Mm-hmm. It's like you could just not call it. Like don't call it. Like I mean, it starts yeah. there, you know, and let's exactly. go from there, you know. Like make the players adapt because they mm-hmm. will. They will. I I really believe they would. You know, don't bail them out like that. You know, when they you got they finally got rid of the rip through for free throws. But it's still an outside. It's like mm-hmm. it's still side out of bounds. It's like don't call it, like or don't call when Trey Young jumps backwards into defender for the fifth time. Like, exactly. I don't know. Like it's just uh, exactly. But yeah, that's my that's my one thing. I, I don't like this season. Yeah, I like it. I I completely agree. It's it's been out of control this. Well, season. man, that was a good episode. I, we we got through the MVP list. I I thought I had you on two surprises, and it turns out I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been we were pretty much in lockstep. The only one we weren't really in agreement was with Embiid. I feel like but everything else is like dead on, like lockstep. Basically, I guess Embiid and LeBron, but everything else is like right there, lockstep. Giannis at three, and yeah, I, I wasn't expecting you to have Harden and one and Jokic too. I was expecting kind of be alone on that one, but um, good, good to hear we have the top three um, in the exact right, same man, order. Let's both, so let's go put uh, each puts a little bit down on Harden ten to one. I like it. I, I, I really do. I really do like it. You know, um, yeah, and Harden and Donovan Mitchell, MVP, uh, just, a, just a little bit on Donovan, enough to get a taste, uh, a little taste there. And then Harden 10 to 1, great odds there. Because um, I, I, in my opinion, I really do see it as a 50 50 Harden Jokic. In my opinion, maybe the voters don't see it that way. Obviously, you know, these gambling sites make, are good at what they do as far as odds go. But I don't see the disparity there between Harden, which I think it's 50 50 either way. Uh, and so the fact that like Jokic is negative 150 or 130, whatever, Harden's 10 to 1, it blows my mind. I think there's absolute great value there for Harden, um, gambling wise, and for, you know, totally agree. Because, like, so. last point, like, I really feel like the voters are going to have trouble pulling the trigger. And maybe I'm wrong, but on a Nicole Jokic mm-hmm. MVP when Denver's the five seed or something. It's, it's happened once in 30, 40 years that a non-top four seed has been an MVP. Yeah. So unless they're, unless they're throwing everything out the window, all the MVP historical stuff out the window uh, over uh, yeah, a good a good slash great, not astronomically great season out of Nikola Jokic, um, I definitely could see voters, you know, kind of siding with Harden, what he's done in Brooklyn. And I, I think that narrative – over the course of the next 20 games will kind of start to play out too. Like I, I can already see, I can already see the James Harden narrative uh, starting to take form. And yeah, I, I do think that a lot of voters will look at Nikola Jokic being, you know, sixth in the entire NBA, fourth in the West and just, yeah, be like, okay, we've never put a, a guy outside the top four seeds in the last like 30, 40 years um, as only once in the last 30, 40 years as MVP. And that was when, Russell Westbrook had a triple double season, averaging near 30 points a game. And it was the first time since like Oscar Robertson. So, and Nikola Jokic ain't quite having the same statistical season as Russell Westbrook. Um, you could probably make the argument he's had just as much impact as Russell Westbrook in his triple double season. But statistics, most of the time, MVP voters look at the stats before actual impact. Um, 
And so, yeah, I, I, I definitely like the hard and 10 to 1 odds and on Mitchell. Love it, man. This is awesome as always. Thanks, Carson. It's been fun, dude. Thank you for having me on. All right, guys. That's been another episode of the Low Expectations Podcast. Peace. Yeah, thanks, bro. Appreciate that always. Dude, that was fun. That was probably the funnest podcast I've ever yeah, done in my thanks, entire bro. life. Um, we just we we just had a lot of good uh, conversations. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, dude, dude. we're gonna have to do it. it again. Like come playoffs, like May time. Like talk about the awards. You know, recap after this pod for sure. Like who won MVP, and then just like playoffs and stuff. For sure. All right, man. I'll Sounds talk good. To you.